Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zach trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Carl slammed it home. Garland upstairs. Oh! Sticks it inside. A thunderous dunk. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media Family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan, coming to you the morning after a very tough day for the Cleveland Cavaliers, starting with Darius Garland entering health and safety protocols and ending with a apparent injury to Ricky Rubio. Looked pretty serious, as well as a loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. Before we get into that, support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps and video zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe zoom how the world connects and connecting with me now is my co-host carter rodriguez carter how you doing buddy oh I'm a little low man it's funny i i kind of am looking for uh some of our smart calves twitter brethren to talk me down you know um mm-hmm. i'm pretty nervous about this ricky injury or i'm not just for ricky who obviously is having like one of the best seasons of his career if not the best season of his career, um, but also for its like long-reaching impact on the team. You know, I'm kind of waiting for some smart people to say, "Hey, you know, he's been great, but he's still a backup point guard." You know, uh, there's and, and like I'm just not seeing a lot of it. Everyone kind of, I think, I think Cavs fans who have been paying close attention to this team know what a grievous blow losing Ricky for a prolonged amount of time or even, you know, for the season, if the worst that we've heard, uh, you know, could be possible is true. Um, they, I think everyone kind of knows that, that, you know, not all, not all backup point guards are made equal and not all, all roles on teams are made equal. And Ricky has a really, really big one on this team. Yeah. I, I, I think obviously like I, I'm not at that point yet because I'm waiting for the results of the MRI like everybody else. Uh, we are recording this the, uh, the the morning after the the Pelicans game. So we are still kind of in the dark. We don't know when that information is going to be coming out. You never know if there's going to be second opinions or things like that. But the reality is the immediate future for the Cavs changes uh, because I, I don't think there's any chance that this is something that he's just fine from that that he's back on, on Thursday. Uh, the Cavs will likely be without a proven backup point guard for some time now or, uh, or a proven starting point guard in the immediate yeah, future yeah uh, obviously with Darius Garland in the health and safety protocols uh one of our worst fears for the season it changes the complexion of this week uh fortunately the changes to the protocols mean that we don't know exactly when he's going to come back did, did you see DJ Wilson in Toronto he tested positive or, or he went into the protocols missed the first half but then was cleared for the second half you, you never know how long guys are going to be in protocols Denzel Valentine I think only missed a game or two um, so hopefully he'll be back soon but the reality is the absence of Ricky Rubio is going to be felt uh, for this team because there just isn't a proven backup point guard or, or ball handler really on this team right now, especially with Jetty Osmond also in protocols. Yeah. I mean, let's just talk about what Ricky has meant to this team uh, first. Um, and, and, you know, like, and to be frank, like I actually, I think we should lead with what the Cavs should do if he's not out for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if, if we get good news, if it's, you know, if it's a sprain and he's out a month or, or, or even a month and a half, 
you know, I think in that case, your solution is pretty simple. To some extent, you can wait it out. And also it might, you know, alert Kobe to the fact that this is a little precarious, you know, yeah. that, you know, going down to one ball handler. So like, just to let our listeners know, we're going to kind of go long on the worst case scenario. Cause that's the one that kind of requires the most immediate action. And, you know, like if, if he is, if it is a serious injury, let, let's think about the things he's been doing for this team. All right. So he's their backup point guard. Great. Uh, he is the only other player who the Cavs have consistently counted on to initiate the offense. Uh, yeah. uh, other than Darius Garland uh, with Colin Sexton out, it's just it, it, his importance took on a greater, greater size. He is also the only player who allows Darius to play off ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Darius, we saw in some, uh, you know, when the Cavs were shorthanded, you could kind of see him fatiguing a little bit, like when he had such a heavy load to carry while all the bigs were out and all, and the Cavs had so many players injured earlier in the year. It's pretty concerning that he, like, that the Cavs might just ask him to up his usage even more, which mm-hmm. he's already not super comfortable doing. Um, so, so those are the the two things, and then and then the other thing Ricky does is he eats a lot of the minutes that are allocated to the two, or at least allows Darius to eat minutes that are allocated to the two. With Ricky out, if Ricky is out, every single minute Darius plays is going to be at the point guard position, offensively mm-hmm. and defensively. So, you know, they, they they have a lot of problems to solve for this one solitary backup point guard. So it, it it's, you know, it's not just Ricky was playing well and they've lost him. It's Ricky was playing well and filling so many, you know, plugging so many holes in the dam that, like, it's just hard to see them coming up with solutions within the current construction of the roster because of the fact that they've lost Sexton for the year as well. That like it just feels like they have to do something if they if they don't want to have a serious have serious repercussions for the on court product. Yeah, it, obviously this is a lot more difficult with Sexton also being out, right? Like you came into the season with three proven ball handlers, in my opinion, yeah, which was Garland, totally. Rubio, and Sexton, right? Where, where if you chose to initiate the offense with anybody other than those three guys, it's because, okay, we want to give Okoro a rep here. We're, we're trying to develop some stuff with Mobley. Now that sort of thing becomes a necessity. Now you no longer have the option to only initiate the offense through proven ball handlers, which I, I think is a really tricky situation to be in um and in the immediate future what i think that means is we're going to have to lower our expectations for the offensive consistency of this team because it's going to require guys like evan mobley to get more reps as a playmaker with the second unit i would actually expect a lot of that to come from kevin love maybe where you're running some offense through him and kind of using him in the high post but in the immediate future you need to i i think go out and try to find some uh, guard help which is even more tricky now because a lot of the reserves and a lot of the g league has already already been kind of picked from with this COVID protocol situation. There's a lot of the, the available players have been snatched up. Uh, obviously the, the Cavs have called up some guys. Nemhard has shown some stuff, but again, you are not relying on proven ball handlers in those situations. So I, I think what it means in, in the short term is 
all right, Mobley, you're going to have to have some growing pains. You're you're going to have to pretend you were drafted by a team other than the Cavs where you have these these proven veterans to make things easier. You're going to need to have some reps kind of initiating some offense. Isaac Okoro might need to do a little bit. Hopefully you get Jetty Osmond back uh, sooner rather than well, later. Well, I, so. I think it was our dear friend Zig on Twitter that was like, I thought we were done with Point Jetty, but I think we're right back to it. And that's another player. You know, and that's what's so crazy about an injury like this if it is serious again we have to keep couching that you know i ideally you know what i would love justin i would love to by tomorrow listen back to this podcast and think these guys are hysterical it was yeah it was such a it was fine it was fine he was fine and they had all they they spiraled all the way down you know but like you know like if it is serious you look at a guy like jetty who jb basically said Hey, Jetty, you're just going to play with Ricky all the time. Yeah. Every one of your minutes, as much as I can, is going. you're just going to be tied at the hip with Ricky, and Ricky is going to feed you good, balanced looks that allow you to play within yourself and, and, and be an opportunistic scorer for this team. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of goes away if he has to run 10, 15 pick and rolls a game. It, it really does, and uh, I, I think the other thing, And this is a a less fun, or I guess none of this is fun, but this isn't a fun point to make. But I do think if you're losing kind of the stability that Ricky Rubio provides with the second unit, you need to take a little bit of longer approach to the season. Like there, there may be games that you lose because you're losing those second unit minutes. And I don't think the the proper way to go about it is to overwork the the starters you have. Like no, I, I, I mean, and that's the other thing. They were already running like an eight man rotation on a lot of nights. It's not like they had a lot to give. Yeah, no, like it, it. If he is out a significant period of time, I think it changes the expectations for that period of time. Like when you look at the way that they managed to remain competitive against some of the best teams in the league, a large large part of that is because they had a functioning second unit, right? Like the starters were playing really well, and that second unit didn't give up the lead in that time. The Cavs may be in a position where they're more similar to the Atlanta Hawks, where the the starters play really well, the bench gives up a, a little bit of that lead, and they have to go out and and earn it in some close games, which I mean, that experience is good and all, but I, I do think that they need to be cautious to not overwork the guys and accept, okay, if Ricky is out, the expectations change for that period of time. We are no longer probably, if he's missing a month or two here uh, or worse, you're probably not looking to be a home court team in the playoffs unless a significant change comes. Like, I, I still think that this team has enough talent uh, to, to make the playoffs and uh, to, to remain a, a top eight seed in the East, especially with the schedule getting easier. But I, I mean, it, it does change the the ceiling of this season because it, assuming he does come back, um, it's probably going to take some time. He's probably not going to be as effective as he was, and, and it's going to take time to to work him back in the lineup. So I, I do think in the short term here, uh, you have to start looking at what options are available um, while also weighing that to not go all in and burn future assets on a short-term solution that doesn't have long-term upside. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean that's where they're at, and it, and it really... And again, you're, there's so many implications here uh, mm-hmm. to 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 lose if they do lose a guy like Ricky for the season because it's another piece that they can't use. You know, like yeah. we talked about this when Sexton went hard. Is even if they did want to trade Sexton, 
his value mid for an in-season acquisition just really dropped. Like you, if you're trading for him, you're trading for a guy coming off a season-ending injury, hitting restricted free agency for mm-hmm. for Ricky. The same thing. So it's like you can, I guess, use his money in a deal, which feels really icky to even talk about. Um, yeah. like, but like you don't like you you can't do as many like two for ones, three for ones because you have less uh to give uh in terms of right. your on court product. You know, you can't consolidate talent as, uh, as easily as you lose talent to injury. So it, it's just like a 500-edge sword for them. To that end, though, I mean, do you just feel like like if if, if the Cavs do get bad news here, mm-hmm. that Kobe's got to go make a trade? I think so. Like, uh, I don't think that there's a lot of options available now especially with the with with all the with any fringe players being picked clean during this uh during these protocols yeah like i i i saw evan damrell had tweeted out that jeff teague is still available which would be uh, ironic but you know like uh, not this year <laughs> not not this year buddy um maybe that that is an option but yeah i i, I think you're left in a, a very tricky spot where you, you have to be evaluating the trade market and the trade market has gone cold because uh as brian winhorst said on the hoop collective like teams are just kind of in survival mode while while we burn through this health and safety protocol part like it, it's tough to get a trade done when you don't know if you're going to be able to do a physical uh yeah. because a, a guy might be in protocols like there there's so many factors that go into it yeah, can, can um, I, before we start talking about trades though i did want to ask you like let's say let's say a deal cannot get done like what does your team look like with with the players that are currently on the roster? Like, let's say, let's get through that. Let's get through the like health that, and safety protocols and get back to like you know the quote unquote normal roster. Like, yeah. who is, are you playing Pangos real rotation minutes? Because I just don't think he's looked up to the task. Yeah, when like he's the, had the, the chance. Only time that we've. Oh, the only time we've really seen him look comfortable on the floor is against Toronto's replacement players, right? Like we, we haven't seen enough to really have any level of confidence there. I'd love to see him prove me wrong. Um, but I, I do think that the way that this kind of has to go is, and, and this is unfortunate, but I, I think you might have to stagger Darius and Mobley a little bit more uh, than you'd like because Mobley is going to need to have those playmaking reps. I I think if you're going to be giving playmaking reps to somebody that isn't currently ready to do it at a very high level, which is what would happen if you are giving those reps to Okoro or a G League call-up or or something along those lines, you're better off giving the reps to Mobley because that might pay some long-term dividends. It may result in turnovers. It may result in uh, some issues with the offense. We're probably not going to have a, a top 15 offense if Rubio's missing time. But I, I do think giving those playmaking reps and kind of pivoting to development in some of those minutes is probably the only way to go about this. Like, or I shouldn't say it's the only way to go about this, but it's probably the smartest use of the time that you have available because I, I do think that can pay long-term dividends. Um, I, I think this podcast, if Rubio didn't get hurt, would sound a lot different because Mobley made his return and looked damn awesome, awesome in it. Like, oh my God, it, like... There was the injury scare with Mobley as well, which I, I think the the Rubio <laughs> injury kind of overshadowed. Uh, but before and after that, Mobley looked really, really good. And that's probably the pivot. Like, I, I don't see a short-term solution other than that, that that seems viable or productive. 
No, it, it, it's tough. I think when you look at what this roster, what I would do if I were if I were JB right now mm-hmm. is so you you basically have to admit, decide that you're going to be a lot less positionally diverse. You're going to Dean Wade. Every single one of his minutes will come at the three now. Um, Lori, as many minutes as you can give him at the three, because you need Jetty and Isaac to. You need to. There's going to be times where you're going to need to slide Jetty over to the one if you're not going to yeah. play Pangos. So Jetty has to move to a from a two three to a one two, and Isaac basically has to eat as many minutes as the at the two as possible alongside guys like Denzel Valentine, Dylan Windler, um, etc. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think that's really the only road to to filling because again Rubio is not a low minutes player. He's playing 28 minutes a game. So you yeah. got you got to eat a lot of minutes with the with the current rotation guys. I think Denzel is the most likely person to join the rotation, um, just because yeah. I think he's earned it. I think he's played better than than all of their other options. He, he's playing hard on defense. He's hitting some shots, hitting corner threes. Uh, shots, like so I, the the decision making isn't always good, but uh, I do think that that's probably one of the better options. And uh, the the Cavs did sign uh, Malik Newman to a a ten day contract. He he had one short appearance with the Cavs, I, I believe, last season. Uh, good scorer in college, not. Uh, a playmaker by any kind of stretch of the imagination, but you know, he, he is a shooting guard and, and another body to have there. And you're probably going to see Nemhard like this week. Yeah, is Nem- Nemhard has actually a shown a lot more as a playmaker, almost not more than Pangos, but as much, I mean, he had six dimes in the, in the Raptors game. Has, has shown size, the ability to run some pick really and roll. Matters, right? Yeah. Like that that's a, a really big factor. So I, I would expect him to probably get more opportunities here. And as I said, like it's it's on the one hand, it's fortunate that you at least had Ricky Rubio for the toughest part of your schedule. Um I, I think if he is out, the goal shifts to all right, let's try to be a five hundred team with him out, right? Like, and by the way, if they if they hang at five hundred if they hang at 500, that what does that put them at? Like 45, 46 wins? That's pretty good. Right. Well, I I, I mean, 500 oh. after this week. Oh, okay. Because Understand. We, we, do have, we do have a game against Washington, Atlanta, and Indiana. And I, I mean, Probably those are all without Darius. Ugh. In, in all likelihood, right? And he, even if you do get Jared Allen back, like th- this is tricky. So I, I think it shifts to, okay, we're going to have to ask some of the, the young core here to provide a little more playmaking than we would have expected. There's going to be growing pains. I'm I'm going to understand that, hey, these guys aren't going to be as reliable as Ricky Rubio, but you, you kind of have to, to make that pivot on the fly and hopefully one of these call-ups shows a little something, right? Like uh, Phoenix last year, uh, campaign was basically out of the league. They brought him in. He kind of had a, a breath of fresh air into his career and ended up really kind of making something of that opportunity. So I, I guess you can never rule something like that out. But I, I do think that there is an implication, though, if he is out, and this is the worst-case scenario. All the conversations we had about kind of weighing moves and you can't really disrupt that the chemistry of the second unit i think that kind of goes to the wayside because there is no second unit consistency in my opinion without ricky rubio and i i think it 
changes the calculus and changes the the way that you look at potential moves when it does involve some of the the players outside of the young core um if there is an opportunity to instead of consolidating to turn a player into multiple players and, and kind of fill out the rotation that might be something that the front office has to consider and that's not an easy decision to make that's probably not an easy situation to find uh, a viable solution there but it, it might kind of be a changing of the gears and a changing of the direction uh, that we thought this season was going to go yeah I, th- I think that Kobe as Kobe's options get limited his because of these injuries he has to get a little bit more open-minded about moving folks around to accommodate I mean again maybe Pangos just comes out and and with consistent time on the court against NBA players he starts looking like because remember when they signed him the idea was Hey, if we deal Ricky midseason, this guy can 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 ha- can hang. He can handle it. Right. For um, first team all Euro League, he uh, yeah. looked great in the G League and just hasn't. It just hasn't looked, looked like it, he belongs. Yeah, it just hasn't been good. The size and the and, and the athleticism has been a, a challenge for him. So you know, I, I I hope that you know we we eat crow right from Jump Street here. It's just you know thinking through all the options. You're right that you do have to start getting a little more open minded because you don't want to just throw it. You know, like if the season is starting to turn, especially and like you have all this positive momentum, you don't want to just throw it away. And also, like to some extent, maybe this is a wake up call for us as as you know people who think about this team a lot is like, hey, we really shouldn't need Ricky this much. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, like it's probably not a good sign. Uh, that you know him going down can really could 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 cause such ripple effects. Now some of it's out of your control, like Colin getting hurt. Just like it just I, yeah, sucks. I, I was going to say, but like it's the you know, combination of losing two really really yeah. really important rotation players. Yeah, it, it stinks, but it's also a lack of wing depth, and you mm-hmm. know, and uh, there, there's a lot of contributing factors here that that make things make this a challenge to to accommodate. Though I do want to talk about some potential folks that just, you know, have rattling around our brain, some folks that maybe if the Cavs were to, you know, uh, cobble together some salaries, use, I, I don't know if they have a trade exception. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Use some of their, some of their minor draft capital, some of those second rounders, or even, you know, going a little crazy, like some names that could kind of replace Ricky's production that aren't crazy big swings. Like I think the Karis Levert rumors all of a sudden get a lot more interesting though. He's a much bigger swing. I would say Um, just at his, at his number at his, you know, relative pedigree. Um, But like, you know, I'm thinking about guys like uh, a guy who I had eyes for uh, last off season, a guy like Thomas Sadoransky. Mm-hmm. Like well, it, you, you picked the wrong bull because Garrett Temple just buried the cat. Well, for yeah, no I, reason whatsoever. I actually asked uh, our dear friend Mason Ginsburg, who uh, who uh, covers the Pelicans, about uh, Temple, and he said, "I'll give him to you for free." <laughs> so uh, yeah. he has not uh, played particularly well and is, has five million guaranteed next season. Um, though I mean, I wouldn't turn it down. A, a veteran three and D ish guy. Um, but with that said, like a guy like Sato. Because, like, the reality is, as I mentioned, Ricky does fulfill a lot of roles for you because he can play that he can play in the backcourt with Darius. Uh, he mm-hmm. is a great connector to kind of get those other bench pieces going and can initiate the offense himself. Sato kind of does a little bit worse at all those things with a little more size. Um, yeah. 
the Pelicans are not having exactly a season worth worth uh, talking about. Obviously, they're hoping to get healthy. They've been playing a little better as of late. But if yeah, they are looking five, to move, five and one in their last six yep, games. If they are looking to kind of consult, you know, like start, you know, picking up some some assets with with a guy like that. I mean, it, I feel like he's the perfect fit if they're going for a smaller move because you can pretty much just keep playing the way you were playing. I guess this comes down to a little bit of a philosophy question. Do or would you prioritize trying to bring in a guy that maybe does what Ricky does a little bit worse, but you you play the way that you were playing? Or would you rather target a combo guard, maybe kind of split the difference between what Ricky and Sexton brought? And, and uh, I think. I think Levert would be a high-end example of this, like a, a, I just a don't score think... that provides playmaking. And rather than trying to replace Ricky, prioritizing, okay, those, those playmaking reps from, from Mobley, Kevin Love, uh, while, while he, he's available and whatnot, and kind of bring in a combo guard instead. What, what I, is I don't, your priority? I don't see a combo guard that accomplishes that. Like, the problem is... Uh, two guards that can score and and uh, facilitate pretty well cost a lot of money That's and true. a lot a lot more stuff to get them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like like I, if you have a name for me that's like on the medium end that like like that that wets your whistle, sure. But I just don't those those types of folks aren't really popping out to me. Now there are some that come yeah. with some weird baggage. Like I have uh, on my list, I have Eric Gordon written down. Now he's got a uh, horrendous yeah, contract, yeah, yeah, a yeah, horrendous yeah. contract. But let's let's talk through it. Like that is probably in terms of on court play at this point. That's a mid level swing man who can score and do a little bit of facilitation, right? I, I think it's just so hard to get to that money. And I, uh, again, I don't think throw that, the I money think out. The facilitation Justin, is there. Justin, like, throw the money out real quick. Like that is a mid level guy. Yeah, like, like the, it, you don't have a lot in, and a guy like that makes 18 million a year with three, three years and a fourth non guaranteed on his deal. So it's like, if you're gonna it, like, there just aren't those dudes around. So like, you're either gonna go big and try to get a Karis Levert and just really and rely even less on depth, probably. Or you're going to have to go get one of these players that are uh, have a little worse pedigree, but kind of get you over over the hill and and let your kind of keep keep the momentum going guys like Sadoransky guys like Corey Joseph who I know is getting a little long in the tooth but you know is is still a really stout defender undersized but you know he can guard twos just cuz he's so he's such a hard worker and so yeah. smart um like he could kind of fill that you know small backcourt role that Ricky did with Darius I, I, then then it just starts to get a little little like you know, stretchy you know like you're just kind of pushing it like a guy like michael carter williams on orlando i don't even know if he's healthy um but like yeah a, another big guard who can facilitate a little bit um mm-hmm. but like your options are it's not that you don't have options but each of those options like comes with some baggage especially anyone who makes a, a decent number because the Cavs don't have a lot of salaries to cobble together right now yeah it, it's really tricky and if it is worst case scenario for ricky maybe you apply for a disabled player exception which gives you an exception about half the the salary which brings you to about nine million so maybe that opens up some options can um, you I, I, the, i'm gonna ask a question that really i'm not good. sure you Go know ahead. the answer to Go ahead. Are, are the Cavs? does that affect the Cavs' hard cap because they signed and traded laurie 
Oh Lord, I have no idea. Okay, then we're not going to talk about. It. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Lordy, Lordy, I have no idea. Um, and, and then there, there's there's other depressing options, right? Like what happened with Dante Exum going down last year, where he was an expiring contract. Yeah, he's done for the year, but you know that could could help facilitate a trade. And I, I would just absolutely hate that. Like, I, I have so much trouble focusing on replacements at this point because I, I'm just so gutted for Ricky. Like, he, even if this is something that he comes back this year, he, he's going into a contract situation, right? Like, this is this is different than even what happened with Sexton, where uh, he, he's a restricted free agent. He's, he, young. he's probably he's young. He's going to bounce back. I have no doubts about that. I, I mean, God, it, it's Colin Sexton. That, that guy's going to work his ass off. You just um, you just worry about ricky's ability to recover from another one at this age and you know he's already lost a good amount of zip from his his early age he's re, you know you just don't want you worry about him losing another five percent right and, and i i mean if you went the exum route like then you lose him as, as a locker room presence as somebody uh, that, you probably that's lose been... him as that anyway if he's out uh, for the well... year uh, he could still hang around. Um, I'm tr- I'm trying to I'm trying to find ways to keep Ricky around here. Yeah, Carter. you are. Me I'm, too. I'm bud. hoping this sounds dumb, and I'm hoping that this sounds dumb. Uh, that everything ends up working out. But you, you know, these are the the tough decisions that the team's going to have to make. So, but... so can I ask you this? Would you rather them take a swing uh, at at a big name, cobble together some big number salaries to make it work, mm-hmm. or would you rather them? go for a smaller at the margin move that just keeps the train running. Cause like the thing is, I don't think, I think the drop off from Ricky to a guy like Sadoransky is not small, but it's not enormous either. It's not Ricky, yeah. Ricky to, you know, but, the, but that's still a, a situation where you have to cobble together salaries to, to get to that figure, right? Like it's multiple players. You're still consolidating in all likelihood. Like it, it's so situationally dependent for me. Like um, I, I think we've said his name a few times, but Levert makes a lot of sense. Like, I, I feel like that's kind of splitting the difference. Just and depends on I mean, what, what, what the asking price is there too, you know? Right. <laughs> absolutely. And if you can find a way to expand it and maybe get like a Justin holiday in that deal as well, or, or someone else that can handle the ball, I, I think that helps. But I mean, there, there's just no easy solutions. I, we, we have no idea what names are available. We're, we're not reporters or journalists. Like, uh, we're, we're kind of lying blind. Yeah, we're we're here, trying but... to find players we think would, would fit if, if the Cavs get the worst news, yeah. which is, it, it's not an enviable task. I feel, I feel really, uh, you know, I just feel for, you know, you just don't want the mojo to get messed up, man. It's been such a fun season. And, like, I I know this is a very doom and gloomy pod, but, like, I'm just, it just, like, it just feels like, like, there was a special sort of magic. And, like, you just worry about what removing one of the ingredients in the cauldron does to to that magic uh, that's been this year. I mean, they've been... I mean, it was. It feels like like six years ago in the first quarter when they were up like twenty four points. I was just like, "Is this just what basketball is now? Do we just like kick the snot at everyone?" And yeah. like, you know, like is I feel like you worry about what that what it looks like in the in the in the you know in the immediate future, and then like for the rest of the year, like you just like, and that's why I do think if they do get bad news, Kobe's got to go find another another ball handler, another mm-hmm. initiator, because like. It's just going to be too hard, too much on Darius. Um, And I don't want Darius to break down either. Yep. Yep. And and like I said, like, 
this is going to be a situation where you know you, you have to shift those expectations it's going to be the young guys i i think you have to be careful not to overwork anybody even if that costs you a game or two like i, I think that is now the the immediate priority and Maybe this is a, uh, just a, another reminder that nothing is guaranteed in the NBA and you have to kind of operate with that understanding, right? Like you you can't assume that your timeline is as long as you hope. And I, I don't think that this is something that hurts the long term of this team. Um, I, I think the future is still incredibly bright. Uh, the, the core could not be more exciting. And, and this year is a success in, in every definition of the word because of how good this young core fits together and whatnot. But I do think that it changes the ceiling of what this season can be, uh, unless something unforeseen happens, uh, whether that be him returning to, to perfect health or uh, a move that, that we can't really foresee. Like, I, I do yeah, think again, that it, it again, even if he where even, this year is going to go. And even if he does return to perfect health, like I do think it, it should this the way we're feeling right now should should kind of serve, serve, function as a wake up call. Like, hey, this team could probably use another ball handler. Like, uh, like you know, this is this is a little like whether it is you know like obviously the Sexton thing is is a bummer, but sometimes you just got to react to your circumstances. And uh, this is like I wouldn't I maybe maybe if you get good news on this MRA, you don't go crazy. But you definitely looked at like, and maybe you deprioritize a wing a little bit, in you know, and and prioritize a, a ball handler and initiator a little bit more. Um, you know, I think that's kind of the way it goes. Though I will say this: if they do get bad news, and they do without, you know, even even if they make a minor move and they keep trucking, mm-hmm. and they and maybe they don't keep winning by twenty because that was just never going to keep happening. But like, if they if they stay the course once once the team kind of returns to health then oh man like that's amazing news you know because like the the i think one of the biggest i I, i've seen uh our friend david zavak kind of tweet this especially earlier in the year is like little worried about how important ricky is to them you know even when sexton was playing ricky was so important to their successful lineups and like we've seen them have successful lineups without ricky now so like you know, if they can cobble to this together and, and still be a really good team, an above average team, then like, oh man, like that really opens up a lot of options for this yep. team. So like okay. there, there are roads where this actually goes really, really well. It's just going to be a lot harder. Yeah. And I think the most likely or most obvious path, path for that is Evan Mobley kind of having a a second year or second half of this season breakout, right? Like it's okay. All of a sudden Mobley is asked to do a little bit more. Um, And he does it. And I think there's, you know, there's a benefit, right? Like Mobley missed some time when he was a little nicked up. Uh, He he was able to recover his hip. He sure looked good out there against the Pelicans, even though it was a tough matchup with uh, Jonas Valanciunas out there and uh, all those times that you switched on him and whatnot. But uh, man, like he looked great out there. And I think if there's a way for this to, uh, obviously there's no way for it to be fully happy if it means that Rubio's missing time. But um, as far as future outlook goes, it's Mobley stepping up kind of doing more than he's shown so far and continuing to grow as a playmaker because that that was 
always going to be the next evolution of this team is okay now now mobley is running um, offense through the guy it is more of an important cog in the offense and i i think it's important right now to have someone like kevin love around for him to to kind of give him some guidance on that because kevin love has a lot of experience with that through his time in minnesota and that's a, a valuable veteran voice to have so uh you you look at it this season carter i just pulled it up mobley allen and garland uh without rubio on the floor plus 7.3 net rating obviously that was a lot better with rubio <laughs> it was plus 24.5 but you know what like it's still a a grouping that has worked this year um those guys are, are really talented they've been a big part of the uh the success of this team and uh they're going to have to find ways to to replace what was a very very valuable cog in what's been working this season yep uh i you know i trust that this coaching staff uh can can squeeze the most value out of the roster. That's a that's a huge win. Uh, yeah. I trust that Kobe can creatively involve himself both in in deals that he initiates and in as a third team as a third party in, mm-hmm. in helping facilitate other deals to find creative ways to add talent to this roster. If if they if we do find that they need it, so like you know it's not all doom and gloom. It's just again it's just like. It's a, the like the the honeymoon just feels like okay this is going to get a little the, we're going to hit some turbulence in a way that this season has not had a lot of turbulence because like yeah. the 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 lean parts of the season have been so easily like kind of hand waved it's like oh, a bunch of guys are you know a bunch of the bigs are dinged up at the same time and well we're probably not going to win this game but they're still competing and it's fun uh, yeah. and then and and then also it was you know as of late uh well you know they have like seven players out with covid is gonna you know they, they'll be back they should be no. all back and healthy and it'll be fine this is like this on top of the sexton injury is like the first one is like oh this could get bumpy in ways that won't immediately remedy themselves and that's i think why we're maybe a little more down than we should be i i almost wonder if we're gonna get feedback from our listeners that are like guys chill <laughs> but mm-hmm. um you know th- i think that's why we're we're down a little bit because we were just so enamored with uh with with how smooth this ride has been yeah and i i think it's also like you get invested in this team right like i i, I really care about each one of these parts because yeah. this has been such a successful season and one of my uh, favorite Ricky- Cavs team teams of all time like even, yeah. even before the halfway point i i have never felt not never, but I have rarely felt such affection for every member of a roster quite like this one. Mm-hmm. And for Ricky Rubio, I mean, he had a tough year last year, um, not really ready to, uh, not able to prepare for the season, uh, was a little bit banged up, played his way into shape, had a long off season playing in the Olympics. And then, you know, like this is that cumulative load where he hasn't had a lot of time off. Uh, had a lot of responsibility here with Darius Garland, Jetty Osmond, and so many pieces out uh, for the Cavs last night. And um, just one of those freak injuries that, that can happen on any play at any time. Uh, trying to get a win in in a game that might have been their one opportunity to get a win this week if guys remain out. So it's obviously a a tough situation. This is going to be something that they're definitely going to have to deal with uh, for the short term, and and we'll find out more about the long term. Uh, For everybody listening, uh, hopefully this wasn't too doom and gloom. I I think we uh, offered It was a little too much. I, I didn't. You know what? You weren't as down as I thought you would be. 
And that uh, I've heard how down you can get uh, on some of these. I I had my problem solving hat on this on on this pot a little bit. I'm I'm proud of you because I I, I, thanks, buddy. I, I think we uh we, we we were definitely on that side of the conversation, which is where we like to stay. Uh, for all our listeners, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, click the notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via podcast, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. We will be back Monday and Wednesday next week week hope you guys are staying safe out there and until next time go Cavs